Hey everybody, Chris Fafalius here. If you enjoy One Hit Thunder, which I'm assuming you do considering you're listening to it right now, I want to tell you about another great music podcast on the Evergreen Podcast Network. It's called Riffs on Riffs. On this season of Riffs on Riffs, hosts Toby Braswell and Joe Watson are breaking down one iconic pop song each week. Everything from Taylor Swift's Cruel Summer to Journey's Don't Stop Believin' to Naughty by Nature's OPP. Each week, they crack open the song, trace its history, decode those cryptic lyrics, and unearth the hidden gems in its musical DNA. Not only do they dive into the song's history, lyrics, and impact, they also go down some fun and oftentimes hilarious rabbit holes. So yeah, if you're a fan of One Hit Thunder, I think you'll also enjoy Riffs on Riffs. So go hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello there. I didn't see you come in. I'm Shane O'Hare of the Geekscape Games Podcast, the number one video game podcast on the Geekscape.network. Join myself, Derek Krenevelt, and a guest every fortnight as we discuss video game news, video game reviews, and dissections. That's Geekscape Games every two weeks on Geekscape.net. The ska boom was at peak explosion level in 1996 when the world was introduced to Real Big Fish and their self-deprecating sense of humor. This week, we're joined by Christmas 365 host Dylan Lyles to discuss the summer of ska and the soundtrack to that summer, Sellout. Okay, so today we're going to be talking about a subject that I can talk without any notes. I don't need any notes for this episode. We're talking about Real Big Fish. And in specific, we're talking about sellout. So Dylan, why did you choose Real Big Fish sellout? All right. So I have seen Real Big Fish 20 plus times. They hold a very special place in my heart. They were my introduction to ska, ska punk, as I'm sure they were many people's introduction to ska and ska punk specifically. And again, I know it's very cliche with this band, specifically seeing the movie Basketball that came out in what, 98, 99? My love of South Park, as Matt knows, my love of South Park and seeing that. And while I am, I'm I'm definitely, I'm younger than both of you. I was born in 92. So I didn't see it like in 98. I was not six years old watching basketball. Although that that wouldn't be the craziest thing I saw at that age. (laughs) 
when I finally saw basketball and I heard this music, I was like, oh, I, I like this. I, I loved the pop punk scene that included Blink and Newfound Glory. And I was like, this is cool. This is like that music with a horn section because I wasn't that familiar with that type of music at the time. And that's when I realized that Real Big Fish was also doing spots on Nickelodeon for the Wild Thornberries movie with their cover of Monkey Man. <laughs> so it all kind of came full circle. When I was in high school, I discovered their triple disc live album that yeah. they put out. I didn't see them live till 2010. So honestly, it was kind of just a couple years before Scott left the band. So thankfully, I, I did get to see them with Scott. And then I've seen them countless times with Scott, countless times without Scott. But yeah, it's just a band that has a really uh, big place in my heart. I love this band. It has influenced a lot of the music I listen to today. And they led me down that rabbit hole of, remember that awesome music you loved in Tony Hawk Pro Skater? Well, guess what? There's an entire fucking scene of that music. And this is your gateway to that. Chris, did you notice the, the thing that jumped out at me is that that triple disc live album uh that brought you into real big fish has has sort of a connection with how chris and i became friends as well because the live dvd portion of that is directed by jonathan london of geekscape who introduced chris and i <laughs> holy shit <laughs> it's all full circle dude i love it you know we don't i didn't have notes for this episode this is one thing i do need a note for i feel like sellout is one of those songs where it's Real Big Fish's biggest song, but was it technically like a hit song? I don't even know how high this peaked. I know it was on MTV a good bit, and obviously it was a popular song that you would hear on rock radio, but I don't know that this song necessarily was a hit in the way that a lot of songs on this show are hits. Sort of. So it on the modern rock chart, it peaked at number 10, which is decent on the billboard like u.s airwaves i'm not making this up couldn't have been a more appropriate spot but real big fish landed at number 69 on the billboard <laughs> charts that's where they peaked out at so yeah it's like just barely right what's so weird to me is like uh you guys brought me on to talk specifically about sellout but sellout was not even the first real big fish song i heard i mean to me because it wasn't of the time that the album came out turn the radio off the first song that I heard constantly, well, the two songs, because of the basketball thing, was Beer and their cover of Take On Me. Like, to me, those two songs are bigger. I was legitimately shocked when we were putting, when I was putting together a list of, like, bands that are one-hit wonders, and I saw Real Big Fish, because I'm like, no, Take On Me definitely charted, it. and it didn't make any waves on any, according to the Billboard charts, anyway, didn't appear on any chart well even like a couple years ago when you told me you were first starting thinking about doing this show yeah you were like i want to have you on i'm like i want to do a ska song i didn't specifically say sellout because i assumed <laughs> much like you did that one of those two other songs were also on the chart also the cover of monkey man was one of the only songs for them to chart in the uk I don't know the Monkey Man song. I know that they put out a cover EP. That was on it. Nothing but a good time. Talk dirty to me. Tom Petty won't back down, which years ago, I believe Chris had a campaign going that we should replace the national anthem with Tom Petty's uh, won't back down. I could support it. Such a better national anthem. 
<laughs> Not written by a slave owner piece of shit. Way better song. The Star Spangled Banner is a terrible song. Like it is awful. It's an awful song. I mean, that's not even me. That's I'm not talking shit on the United States. I'm just saying it's a bad song. It shouldn't be the national anthem. <laughs> well, I think that's appropriate. You saying like I'm not talking shit about the United States. It goes back to the whole like just standing. The, yeah, just argument. the song. It's like just I'm the- not talking shit about the fucking flag or America. <laughs> I'm just saying we got some fucking problems, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, what I was gonna say about sellout, bringing it back to sellout, is this is a really interesting song to be a hit song it's catchy as hell it's fun sounding and it sounded a lot different than what was on the radio in the the mid to late 90s i mean other than you know this is around the same time that the boston's hit i don't know if this hit before the impression that i get or after has to be after but what's interesting about this song to me is that you can't find a subject matter that's less relatable <laughs> to the average person <laughs> than having a ska band that is going to sign to a record label and become sellouts. There is such a yeah. small percentage of the population that can relate to the subject matter of this song. Maybe that percentage was slightly higher in the late 90s than now. It was maybe yeah. 0.000001% of the population as uh, opposed to 0.000000001% of the population <laughs> uh, of now. But the songs... Merit had to totally be on just the sound of the music and the fact that it made you feel good and happy and not so much what the actual subject matter of the song is, because I don't know how many people can relate to that, especially now. Maybe in the 90s, people could relate to that whole thing of like, you're you're signing to a major label, you're a sellout now. But now I don't think that anybody cares about record labels or the concept of selling out whatsoever i could be wrong about that but i don't think so yeah i feel like the song makes uh very little sense as good of a song as i still believe it is i think we were both looking it up what so sellout was 96 and impression i get was 97 97, whoa wow yeah real big fish walks so that the (laughs) boston's could run (laughs) i think where did you go was yeah pre, no 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 Boston's was definitely yeah this was one of those things where we were talking about we watched the Finn McKinley thing I don't even know what you guys are referencing <laughs> there's a video series called the punk rock NBA and it's this guy Finn McKinley and he does these video series about like what killed crunk core like what killed like 2000s pop punk music and usually they're very well researched and he did one for what killed ska punk and it was the like least research discussion about a genre of music i've ever listened to to put it into context matt actually made me back up to to watch this part again he goes there's a a documentary about 90s ska punk called pick it up i didn't watch the documentary but but i watched the trailer yeah that was the extent of his research for a youtube video that gets millions of views is to just watch the trailer for a documentary and be like i've got all the information i need to make my 20 minute video about a genre of music i've openly said i don't listen to but credit where credit's due re-watching that video with you is what led me to watching the how to skank video so <laughs> which is important info for anybody uh, I, I, it really is i definitely have 
a storied past with Real Big Fish. So my yeah. first experience with them was someone handed me a cassette tape at Warp Tour 96 that had everything sucks on one side and I think beer was on the other side. I don't even think sellout was on that tape. I loved it. I mean, I loved ska punk music and I think at that point I already loved Less Than Jake and Suicide Machines and Operation Ivy and Rancid. I liked it right off the bat. I mean, these guys, they were awesome musicians. I liked the way the music sounded and they became an inspiration for me wanting to start to play music and wanting to be good at bass and things like that. It's right there for it. When the whole ska punk third wave of ska got real huge, I was right along for the ride and I loved it. I still love it. In 2005, I toured the entire summer with Real Big Fish and uh, they are a solid as hell band. Like one of the tightest bands that I've ever played with. Definitely killed it every night. I don't know. I can't say enough nice things about Real Big Fish. I think they're a really, really great band and it feels weird to call them a one-hit wonder. I guess they are. I mean, if anything, they are to me a zero-hit wonder, (laughs) you know, (laughs) because calling Sellout even a hit is even a little bit of a stretch, but I say that as a compliment to them because I think their legacy and their catalog of work is much bigger than Sellout, which I don't think is even near their best song. I do think, I think Beer is probably their best song, in my opinion. I would agree. That Turn the Radio Off album is flawless from front to back. 100%. I, I think what makes Real Big Fish work so much as a band, and I think that the first single being Sellout, it being their biggest song, at least on the radio, is very in keeping with them as a band in general, is that they are such a self-aware band. Yeah. Their main purpose is to have fun. You can tell that they're having fun whenever they're playing, whenever they're writing, whenever they're touring. It's all about them having fun. I mean, they'll get down to business because it's a great live show. It always is between the, the playing, their synchronicity, just being as one, even with, I think at this point, Aaron is the only member who's been there since the beginning. Yeah, I believe. But still, even with the addition of Matt, people like just people leaving and coming in, it's still such a tight knit group. And like I said, the purpose is to have fun. They are an amazing gateway band into this genre. Like, yes, nowadays, I'm not listening to Real Big Fish as much as I was. I still love the band. Every time they come out with a new album, new song, I'm going to listen to it. I'm going to love it. But I'm much more of a fan of Less Than Jake, Suicide Machines, stuff like that is more what I listen to now. But I still love Real Big Fish, and I will always love Real Big Fish. And going back to the one-hit wonder thing, it's so funny because, Chris, like you were saying, these other songs are better. When I'm talking to people about Real Big Fish, Sellout is not the first song that gets brought up. Honestly, one of the main songs that gets brought up to me, specifically going back to that three disc live album, is their like eleven minute rendition of Suburban Rhythm is is the song that I feel like most people talk about because of the way that they did it. Yeah, definitely uh really loved the friendship and, and crossover of playing on each other's songs with Goldfinger. I think those first two Goldfinger albums, well, more than just the first two Goldfinger. I love Stomping Ground too, but I, I 
I just think those are such good albums. And uh, there was so much good musical output there. And also, yeah, I think that <laughs> almost to a fault a little bit on the, especially the first album there. It's really a lot of songs about being a ska band <laughs> and yeah. like, it's really like, it's really specific. And what's funny about it is I was in that very, very, very small percentage of people who felt like they could relate to those songs in one way or another. Cause I played in bands that had some ska influence or whatever. And so I could put myself in those shoes when they're singing about like, Oh, what would I do if I had that opportunity to sell? And like, it's also funny because it's also kind of irrelevant. Now the whole thing of like signing to a record label and instantaneously like, Oh, you're famous. Now you signed to a record label. That's not something that really happens anymore. I think just the whole game has changed. And a lot of the, themes are kind of irrelevant almost now but it doesn't change the heart behind the music it doesn't change the way that the music makes you feel regardless of what they're singing about uh it's all it always makes you feel good i think real big fish is a band that will always be around and why shouldn't they be you know exactly and i think that's what keeps them going is that they are so fun and another thing that keeps them going is their fucking work ethic because i think that's a band that maybe stops touring i mean obviously in the pandemic is a little different but pre-pandemic, Real Big Fish maybe took like a month off of touring and then was touring yeah. constantly. And used that time to usually record an album. Exactly. <laughs> like, and I mean constantly touring to a point where I stopped going to see them. Not because I was like, like fuck Real Big Fish, but it was like, okay, I've seen this show. I know what songs they're going to play. They do what you kind of want to see from a band that's been doing this for so exactly. many years, which is like... They'll pepper in one or two new songs, but for the most part, they're like, we know that you're here because of these like three or four albums meant a lot yep, to you. Yep. And I'm telling you, just wait till we cover the Robic Fish Christmas EP for Christmas 365 because <laughs> I'm about it. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I was going to ask you if there was a if there was a Real Big Fish Christmas song, but I guess apparently there's a whole EP. That Christmas EP has I Just Want to Celebrate, which is a great message where, like, I don't care what holiday you celebrate. I just want to have fun. Skank for Christmas, which he doubles down at the end. He's like, I'm talking about the dance. <laughs> <laughs> there's a Carol of the Beers, 
Where it's beer, 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 beer. You aren't selling me on this at all. I'm not saying it's great. I'm saying it'll be fun to cover. It exists. Some of the bad okay. things are the best things to Look, cover. So, I mean, we're going to do episodes on all the different ICP Christmas albums at one point or another. So <laughs> there are multiple ICP Christmas albums? Songs, songs. There are okay. not multiple albums. All there right. are enough songs on different albums or and EPs that could probably compile. I love funny. I love ICP. I just lost track of them after like the late nineties, you know, other than a song here and there that I would hear. But I, I'm definitely down with the clown still. I just I mean kept up with the music. Good choice, it. dude. Um I will go on record and I have gone on record saying that ICP after two thousand four does not exist to me. Because they put out Hell's Pit and then Jay completely forgot how to rap on beat. But if you want to talk twisted, I will talk twisted till the day I die. I don't I get into the the, IC, the other the ICP <laughs> affiliate groups. I don't the get multiverse into. of hey, ICP. No, hey, I don't. hey, now I, don't. I will get offended if you guys sit here and say that twisted is is just an affiliate. They've got they've got some bops. They do not associate with the clowns anymore, and I'm for it. Whoa! I hope that that people finally give them their just dessert. You know, hey, one thing I wanted to talk about. There is this. I don't know if I want to call it myth or belief that like after 1998 or 99 or something that ska just died. That was the end of ska, man. Well, you know what that was the end of? That was the end of all the poser ska bands. But yeah, but the fucking real bands, less than Jake, real big fish, mighty, mighty Boston's, you know, the, the, the bands, that you know, rancid, whatever, all the real bands kept it real, kept a huge, following up until now and whatever there was yeah there was that little burst but all the safe ferrises disappeared all the bands that like were popular for a minute and then moved on to the next thing yeah they're gone and it's over and as far as i'm concerned that's good but the bands that killed it the bands that kept it real and were awesome are still around today still making great music still touring still you know, still have a career regardless of that third wave boom. And of hey, the 90s. as soon as you throw shots, and I apologize for this, as soon as you throw shots at fake Ferris, I'm all, I'm yeah, all for they, this. I mean, they suck. So. They suck. Like, well, I mean, I like their like mistaken song or whatever. But like that, yeah. that we did an episode about "Come On Eileen," well, which. Okay, come on, Eileen is fine, but I'd rather just listen to the original. <laughs> yeah, and then the rest of that, I listened to the rest of that album, which surprisingly I liked like every ska band, but I wasn't into it at the time. And I listen to it now, and I'm like, I don't even none of these songs even do anything for me. And that band seemed to have formed, blown up off a cover, changed their sound by the next album, and like so that band is meaningless to me. Whereas like you know, Real Big Fish, yeah. Less and Jake. Yeah, you brought Suicide Machines, like all the, all the good bands, like one way or another, they kept it going, you know, and and I think that's awesome. And styles of music are going to have their their moment or whatever, but the the artists that are great from that style are going to keep going. And Real Big Fish is one of those bands. There's a huge ska scene still. It's just not on the radio. I mean, I was just playing a bunch of music for Matt on our drive to get lunch, like. There are a bunch of ska bands out of the UK right now still, like Popes of Chilitown, The Skints. I mean, there is a huge ska scene that I can't stand when people are like, oh, I can't wait for the new ska revival. Like, it's happening. Yeah. It's like, just not on the radio. But none of that music's on the and radio. And this is something that we could... I mean, this is a much deeper conversation, right? Yeah. But the stuff that is popular 
ultimately ends up being what is like pop culture as a whole pushing on us regardless. Yeah. So like you could know maybe five people in your entire life that enjoy like that really truly enjoy like what we would describe as like bro country. Yeah. But if the record companies want everyone to be into bro country, it's going to be in commercials. It's going to be in this that like the ska bands never went away, just the attention being given to them went away. And that's the same thing with country. There are amazing country artists out there still right now but what's being pushed is that bro country that florida georgia line that luke bryan stuff it's not the same like listen to a guy by the name of coulter wall amazing country artist if you want to go darker amigo the devil he plays country music like and he's amazing at it there are many different artists i don't subscribe to that idea that like oh guitar music is dead or rock music is dead or whatever no, it's just not what's playing on the radio. And really, it's 2021. Who's listening to the exactly. radio for that? Yeah. The problem with any style of music is that people can get burnt out on a particular style of music when there's a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy of a band. And then it's just like, okay, yeah. enough. And the example that I can think of is like the used came came out and I, I love that first used album and and the second one like it's great it's like a, aggressive but it's still melodic and it's heavy yet it's still poppy it's this great style of music really really loved it but then there just became there's all these bands trying to emulate that but not doing it as good to the point where it's just like oh my god i do not want to see another warp tour band on this stage screaming and then singing like it was just torture you know it just became and then that kind of faded away or whatever it's the same thing that could happen with scuzz like once there's a you have the bands that are great at it but yeah once there's a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy then it's not if, if people aren't bringing something unique or original to the style of music then yeah people are going to get burned out on it real quick and they talked about you know we just had him on the podcast but taylor talked about in the pick it up documentary is like by the end of that boom ska music was being used in the background of like pizza roll commercials and toy store commercials. And like, yeah, then at that point it just sounds like, I don't know, just doesn't even sound like real music or something. And then, you know, people can get burned out on it, but the, the real music with real emotion behind it, which real big fish had that. I would go to bat a million times that I think that drunk again off cheer up is like one of the best songs i've ever heard and they can change it up like that right especially with that record is is a lot of those songs on there while they may sound happy or are not that happy yeah they hit a part in their later career where their songs got real fucking dark dude one (laughs) so one of the scariest moments i've ever had is i fell asleep while listening to we're not happy till you're not happy have you listened to the last song on that record if you listen to the last song on that record the song ends but there's like 10 minutes left of the album and what happens is like you're listening and all of a sudden you'll just start hearing this screaming like it, it is just i think it's like just aaron just screaming death metal vocals into the microphone <laughs> and then there'll be like a creepy clip of like just some singing and then scott starts singing a song it's real weird like i implore both of you to to listen to the last song on We're Not Happy Till You're Not Happy. And it's Your Guts, I Hate Them is the last song on it. Yes, So that song ends, which is a fantastic song, but two minutes of silence goes by, and then screaming, like, I mean, 
screaming dude it it freaked me out the first time i heard it because i fell asleep listening to the record that, so that happened chris have you ever had that happen when you fall asleep to an album and the the hidden track startles you <laughs> awake yeah i remember that when i listened to cds and stuff which i'm sure you still do matt <laughs> but <laughs> but uh you know the creepiest last song on an album which i i might put it on after this podcast but i don't know if i want to ruin my day <laughs> is did you guys happen to like the Pearl Jam Vitalogy album? Oh, yeah. That's a creepy fucking ending to an album. Dude, it's called Hey Foxy Mop Handle Mama That's Me is like the name that of the last fun. track. And yeah. it is the creepiest, creepiest <laughs> song. And the only thing that I think can rival it in, creepy, in creepiness kind of is... When I was a kid, I had the cassette single of Sophie B. Hawkins' Damn, I Wish I Was Your Lover. Great song, by the way. The B-side of the Damn, I Wish I Was Your Lover thing was some song where she just talks about Hansel and Gretel having sex with each other. <laughs> it was was the side B of Jeez. Damn, I Wish I Was Your Lover. I miss the hidden tracks. With the rise of streaming, there's no more hidden tracks. I know one I really liked was on the Nine Inch Nails Broken EP. I forget how many songs were on that. There was maybe like six or eight or something. The CD would, it would count all the way up to 99. So I know Korn's Follow the Leader did like some like muffledness for like the first 12 tracks and the actual album doesn't start till track 13. Typo Negative did it like three or four albums where like I think October Rust literally is like it's like skipping and the beginning of it and it's really fun to listen to on vinyl because you're like damn it something's fucked up with, <laughs> with the record <laughs> but it's like <laughs> and then Peter Steele in the most Peter Steele voice is like I hope you liked our little prank there. <laughs> now enjoy typo negatives october rust <laughs> nice <laughs> chris you've seen gremlins 2 right i only recently found out about gremlins 2 and i can't even remember why maybe did you guys do a horror movie night about it or something we did do a horror movie night on it yeah it has nothing to do with gremlins 1 it's like a parody of it basically it's kind yeah, of a kind parody of. of it there was a point where if you saw gremlins 2 in the theaters the gremlins rip out the the film from the projector yeah, and they have to go into the movie theater and get Hulk Hogan to yell at the Gremlins yeah. to start the movie up again. Uh, they did something similar on the VHS tape where the Gremlins distorted the tape, and they had to start putting a warning sticker on the tapes because so it. many people were returning the tapes to the video store thinking it was broken for the VHS. Like they would have fixed it and put like Randy Savage in there. <laughs> we're we're not Hulkamaniacs in this household. No, I mean. <laughs> I mean, looking back, I can't believe I used to root for Hulk back in the day. Like, what an asshole. And Randy Savage is so cool. Like, I like, yeah. I like him. Be a man, but even Hogan. If you, if you go to, like, even if you go back to that storyline of the mega powers colliding, like, I would have had a problem with Hulk fucking with Miss Elizabeth as well. <laughs> yeah, so, right? I I that's when understand. I watched That's That's literally when I watched wrestling was like that WrestleMania 5. And yeah. I, I, I couldn't even buy the pay-per-view. I wasn't allowed. So I just read about it in WWF magazine and stuff. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I was a little kid. But uh, that's that's like when I cared about wrestling. And, and I, I look back, I'm like, why did I root for Hogan now? Yeah, like, such a douche. Uh, and now we an find asshole. out he's racist too? Yeah. Jesus. How the fuck do you guys still watch wrestling? So let me just say, let me just say, I am an avid, not so, I don't even want to say avid right now because of the pandemic's kind of took me out of the whole thing. But I will watch like AEW and like New Japan stuff, like a lot of indie stuff as well. 
WWE, I get all of my information post TV show. So I will listen to like podcasts on my drive of what's going on. I will stay informed, but watching, no. Now I have friends who will sit there. I'm in a group chat and they'll just sit there and bitch all night. And I will constantly say, you could be doing anything else with your time right now. So there's a, have you seen uh, the JCW DVDs? No. From back in the day? The JCW was Juggalo Championship Wrestling. (laughs) I remember it. I kind of remember it. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to, I really do like when, whether it's movies or TV or whatever, does things that messes with people. I mean, obviously there's the famous Andy Kaufman you know, and his special making the the screen loop. So people thought something was wrong with their TV. That's pretty amazing. So real big fish. Yeah. Yeah, So wait, wait, wait. This is leading me to, um, did, did the Aquabats have a, a hit at all? No. Did Super Rad, did the Super Rad hit the charts? I don't think Because if it does, I want to come back. I mean, they end up, they end up creating a kid's show, which I think is an amazing thing to do with your notoriety. I I think that's such a, creative way to go about capitalizing on your success is just i think that's more important than ever i'm always having conversations like this when it comes to music and like okay we live in a time of streaming now so you're not going to sell albums and you can't rely on anything like even in the mid 2000s you could rely on oh we got on this compilation cd and that's going to like expose us to a lot of people well that's not a thing anymore and there's just a, a few gatekeepers who decide who gets on the big playlists and stuff if you don't feel like messing with that stuff in the world you have to carve your own path and do creative yeah. things to make people care. More than ever, you have to use your creativity and not just rely on like, oh, I wrote a good song and hope that that good song gets out there. But using your brain and using your creativity to like do something original to make people hear you, uh, I think that's more important than ever. And I think that's cool. The Aquabats did that. Honestly, I could sit here and talk like ska music all fucking day. So to wrap it up here... I think, I, do we even need to go around? I mean, we're all going to give Real Big Fish the thunder. And Hell yeah. Real Big Fish is a great band. I hope they stay a band forever. Um, you know, if if someone, I, I, I kind of feel like even if you don't like their music, if you don't at least respect them, you're an asshole. Because they've been yeah. around forever. They're phenomenal musicians. You know, I know they've had a lot of lineup changes, but I've never seen them sound bad. Aaron Barrett, as the band leader, has put together great musicians all along the way, written a lot of great songs, nothing but respect for them. And if you're going to talk shit, then you're an asshole. <laughs> and exactly. I, and if you're going to talk shit, I'll promise you that that I listen to way cooler music than you do, and you're an <laughs> asshole. And I, <laughs> And that's all there is to it. You know, 100%. And if you're listening to this and you haven't listened to Real Big Fish in years, I would honestly go go listen to Real Big Fish now because it's just as good as you loved it back in the day. They literally just put out an album like either last year or the year before. And it's great. If you're wondering where Ska is gone, Ska is still around. Ska is still alive. Like either just type in, just Google modern Ska bands and you will be like just hit in the face with a plethora of bands it's still a thriving scene it's just not on the radio but you know what fuck the radio yeah man just turn the radio off why is he right when i said good night to you and you're never there 
This has been One Hit Thunder. One Hit Thunder is hosted by Chris Ophios of the bands Punchline, Pack, and Another Cheetah, and produced by Matt Kelly of Geekscape.net. Underneath me, you're hearing Why Is He Right off Punchline's album, Action. If you have any interest in podcasting, visit WeKnowPodcasting.com for how Matt and Chris can make your show sound as professional as possible. Let us know your thoughts on the show by emailing OneHitThunderPodcast at gmail.com and make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting app. Tune in next week for another episode of One Hit Thunder. Well, hey friends, my name is Zach Lupiton. You may know me from the band Dust Bowl Revival, but I also host a music discovery podcast called The Show on the Road. For the last five seasons, I've been able to dive deep and have intimate chats with folks like the Lumineers, Andy DeFranco, Wolfpack, Keb Moe, Lake Street Dive, Bela Fleck, and more. So guess what? After 150 conversations with some of my favorite songwriters from around the world, we are bringing brand new episodes to the Osiris Network. New interviews and intimate acoustic performances will be coming at you this summer. And which episodes are coming next, you ask? I am Zach Goody, the lead singer for the band Smash Mouth. Our band is called Milky Chance. We are based in Berlin. My name is David Shaw. I sing and write songs with my band, The Revivalists. Trust me, these conversations go some wild places. So subscribe to the show on the road on Osiris, and we'll see you soon. I'm Daniela Clark. I'm Barbara Ann Wild. And we are The Honest AF Show. Our podcast is real honest conversation with our celebrity friends and pros. Covering our anything but average rock and roll lifestyles. All while tackling the hell that is aging and the battle of beauty. Oh yeah, nothing is off the table. The Honest AF Show is available wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> <laughs>